now, it's time for... No, I don't live in my parents' basement. A show that covers comics, movies, music, pop culture, and everything in between. Here's your host, B.J. Kennard and Adam Dellinger. Yeah, welcome to another episode of No, I Don't Live in My Parents' Basement. I am B.J. Kennard. And I'm Adam Dellinger. You're looking at your phone? Sorry, I was reading. <laughs> All right, so last week we weren't here uh, because of an interesting injury that you sustained that you caused to yourself. I stabbed myself in the left ear with a Q-tip. Yeah, and that's that's why we weren't here, because that caused you to have no voice. And not only did I... Well, I had drainage, and so yeah. then I got an ear infection, which is basically... Like, I called my mom just to check with my wife to see... My wife wanted to know if I had ear infections ever in my life before. Okay. I've never had an ear yep. infection until I was 35 years old. Hey, good for you. But it was brutal. But now I have a voice. Yeah. I can like, hear a little better. did you, like, slightly rupture your eardrum a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I did. It's not good. It's not good. So you took the Q-tip so far into your ear that you made contact, and you described it to me as like just like a, a light feather touching something toward, toward the eardrum or something. So just to be clear, I didn't stab myself. I didn't poke <laughs> my eardrum with the end of the Q-tip. Though that is what hit it. It is what hit it. But like I, like I, I wasn't paying attention and my hand yeah. slipped or something, but I barely touched I guess my eardrum. Yeah, and like half the Q-tip's got to be in your ear. Dude, I was dead for a minute. Yeah. Never do that. <laughs> I mean, it's a whole nother... It only lasts for a second. Sure, but uh, like a gunshot? You felt like you got shot or stabbed in the ear? I can't speak to what a gunshot feels like. Uh, however, I would imagine that it's pretty similar. How about on a scale of 1 to 10? Um, you've never had a kidney stone, right? No. I've had two of them. That's a 10. Well, the Q-tip didn't go through the urethra. I know, so but if it did, that'd be solid. So I'm just trying to give a pain scale here. That's a 10. A 1 is you're walking around feeling normal. At where the Q-tip stabbing your ear uh, does this rate? Are we at a 7? Are we at a 7. Eight? It's a solid 7. Okay. It was bad. Yeah. Had pneumonia and had a lung collapse once. Mm -hmm. That's a 10 for me. Oh, that hurts? There's physical pain when your lung stops working. Okay. Like your whole side yeah. goes and I guess a sub. Your body is some kind of defense mechanism that your body puts on like hey something's wrong something's wrong yeah how did it collapse just the pneumonia mm -hmm. i didn't know i had it i passed out on the air really it was that's uh, a ratings grab it was my third week here it was oh, this it, is recent then i mean like in the last several years uh six years ago wow. i third week in this town yeah and it's in the eight o'clock hour and i felt awful but i'm like man i'm not I'm not taking off. Yeah. yeah. I just got here. I got yeah. nothing else to do. Don't know anybody. And I literally fell out on the floor. And the business manager at the radio station carried me to the hospital. I called Same my, one we have now? Yes. All right. Good I for called her. my mom. I called my mom on the way to the hospital. I thought I was having a heart attack because it was my left side. Yeah. And so everything was numb and then yeah. this great deal of pain. Let me tell you how much physical pain it is. They did the chest x-ray. They saw everything that was going on. Yep. They give you morphine for that. Oh, wow. That yeah, is you, painful. You get a drip. You get a button. Yeah, so did you actually pass out? Oh, yeah, all the way yeah. I fell into the floor. Yeah, I've only passed out one time, and I was giving blood. It was one of those occasions where it was too early. It was early in the morning. I'm broadcasting live for the radio station from the blood drive. I'm giving blood on the air to show how easy it is. I did not have breakfast. I was also up really late the night before because I'm in Athens, Georgia, a college town, and up until like maybe 3 or 4 in the morning, and I'm at this place at like 8 or 9, 
And so I hear someone across the room go, oh, he's going to go. I'm like, oh, I wonder who they're talking. Uh, I'm out. I got hot in the face, and then I'm out. My wife does that. She can't get blood every time. Uh, that's the only time I've passed out. And it was just, they were like, do you eat breakfast? I'm like, no. And they're like, well, that's why you passed out, idiot. And then got some Nutter Butters and some orange juice, and I was all good. How long were you out? Yeah, briefly. I mean, I don't really, it was like a handful of seconds because they they saw it happening. They're immediately over with smelling salts. So I don't know, 10 seconds, 15 seconds, somewhere in that. The next thing I'm like, oh, and I wake right up because of the smelling salts. I'll not pass out here. Yeah, that'd be good. Okay. I am glad you're feeling better. Thank you. I appreciate uh, it. Tons of stuff has happened, things that we're not even going to talk about. Uh, we know that Disney Plus uh, did its thing. Uh, but we've got more things that have happened since then. Uh, so we'll just recognize that that's going to be amazing. And as we approach November with the ridiculously inexpensive price that they're throwing out there to combat Netflix, as Netflix raises their prices, we'll talk about that stuff as those stories break. But uh, things we are covering off on today on the show, uh, Game of Thrones was last night from when we're recording this and when we're posting this. That Because really we wanted to wait to today because I didn't want to do it at the end of last week talk about the fact that Game of Thrones was happening when we could just wait a couple of days and then talk about yeah, it. Yeah, because then there's a chance that there's two episodes out. Yeah. yeah. sure. And so we didn't want that. Now, we're going to straight up talk about Game of Thrones because I feel like it's one of those things like, I'm just going to wait. And I'm like, you... Like, if, feel free to jump ahead. When we get to it, when we start talking Game of Thrones, and then you could just jump ahead if you haven't watched. Otherwise, we're going to get into that. Uh, Star Wars, the Rise of Skywalker trailer drops. We can talk about that today as well. And Hellboy did exactly what we predicted on this show. Straight think, tank job. Yeah, I think you were the leader on that one. Uh, and it actually did that. So in honor of Hellboy being a bomb at the box office, for our Power Five at the end of the cast today, uh, top five worst comic book movies ever. And surprisingly, when I started making my list, there's a lot of movies out there that could be on this list. I'm having trouble. Really? Well, oh, I, well. I feel like I don't want to shred movies that I... You can like movies that are bad. Oh, I love movies that are bad. Sure. I watch sci-fi all the time, and that's what it is. Like Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger and a young Alyssa Milano. Uh, one of the worst movies ever is the movie that I have seen more often than any movie ever recorded. Okay, just so we're clear, uh, when we get to the list, there are going to be movies that I enjoy that are on the list. That's okay. I did not. I didn't enjoy any of these. Okay. For mine, but we'll get to that a little bit later on. Uh, so uh, you didn't watch Game of Thrones last night, but you watched it this morning. Right. We watched it last night, including my daughter has – it's spring break for us here. And my daughter has a friend that's over, and they were upstairs. I'm taking this daughter to uh, the uh, – sorry, my, we're taking this my daughter's friend to the Avengers Endgame screening that we're doing where you're also coming to where I, I bought the last two rows of the theater yep. so they're, they're having to play catch up for her because she really hasn't seen any of these movies she saw like Infinity War so they're coming downstairs to pop popcorn right in the middle of Game of Thrones so of course we have to pause it and they gotta pop their popcorn and it took like 15 minutes I'm like are you are you having to dry the corn out first and I've just, I felt like a frustrated father last night. And your daughter not of age to watch Game of Thrones. No, not at all. But even her friend, because they're both, you know, they're 16-ish. My daughter will be 16 in, in a couple months, and her friend is 16. And uh, her, her name is Riley, my daughter's friend. And she goes, oh, like, uh, like we could probably watch this, right? No. My mom's like, oh, sorry, uh, my wife is like, no, not at all. She's like, oh, my friends watch. Like, what? Like, I couldn't imagine if my high schooler was watching Game of Thrones. 
the first episode in season one is enough to let you how far you get in a half hour maybe maybe 20 minutes yeah maybe yeah and you're pretty much you should be aware that it's ma yeah for a strong reason (laughs) outside of even violence you know there are a lot of swear words in it and at this point you know like even my son uh who's going to be 12 he understands what bad words are of course his friends say them at school he knows what they are. He just knows that he's not supposed to say them. That was, my parents were the same way. I will tell you a story. So my dad let me watch Back to the Future. Okay. And I was in kindergarten. Okay, so this would have been 1988. So I'm guessing Back to the Future then is probably. That just made me feel old. Two two years old, a year old, something like that yeah. maybe. And we went to show and tell in kindergarten. Okay. And Miss Ellis was the teacher's name. Shady Grove, shout out, North Carolina. She says. Whoop, whoop. What's your what was your favorite part of Back to the Future? And I said and I told the entire class, Miss Ellis, my favorite part was my grandfather had a DeLorean. So I should okay, point that right. out. Too. Yes, yes, that's right. So I, I said, My favorite part is when Marty's in the DeLorean being chased around by the van and he shifts gears and says, Let's see if these bastards can do ninety. And I went straight to the principal's office. I will say, from there on out, I knew the difference between things I could say and things I couldn't. So yeah. the, the the language is not the issue in Game of Thrones. Right. Sexual situations, of which there are plenty, Yeah. and then the violence is on another level. I mean, it's... It's real, man. When you get decapitation and castration in a television show, and yeah. they're showing a lot of the stuff, I mean, no. Or a mace to the face, That's and not only favorite. do they show it going in... <laughs> When they pull it out, they'll show what it looks like when it's not in there anymore. Right. Like, that's... Rotten.com. Y- yes, exactly. Uh, and so uh, we had that little bit of a gap in there last night. Here, I will tell you, as an overview of Game of Thrones, I thought that it was a let's move the story forward, but let's also remind you of what your characters have been doing for the last two years or like kind of to remind you oh remember this person remember that person remember this person that sort of thing did you watch the sopranos i uh, own oh, bits and pieces i've been waiting to tell you this so i wasn't disappointed uh with the first episode because mm-hmm. i thought they might do that but yeah. if you remember the last season of the sopranos was split into two parts okay and that last season season six took place like 18 months after they didn't even start shooting there were contract disputes mm-hmm. and hbo was trying to figure out how they were gonna because they didn't have a show where they've ever had to pay anybody a bunch of money before right and they had to figure all that out and so there was this massive gap of time between you know the final episode of season five and when season six actually started and game of thrones did the same thing the sopranos did where the first episode it pretends to move the story forward but it really doesn't it's just an overview yeah so, yes, yeah, so you do get to see. We didn't see Bran of Tarth, of uh, Toth, whatever it happens to be. And uh, full disclosure here, uh, Ab and I both are making sure that we have the names in front of us because I watch the show all the I mean, like, it's, it is my favorite show on television. My wife has the names on lockdown, can name the three different dragons and point out which is which. Yeah, that's I'm not how, there. That's, she's like, uh, she was even telling me like stories, like she'll read up on it. One of my favorite characters who was in last night's episode, uh, uh, Tormund, mm-hmm. Giant's Bane, uh, on how they got their name. 
Uh, like she knows the backstory of that. And we're not going to get into that here. That's how much she's into it. So I'm always like, you know, uh, what's his face? It's the guy who like is in the brothel. And they're like, oh, Braun. Like, yes, Braun. That, that's that's me when it comes to the show. He's missing the eye. And that's my thing. Like the dude, he's missing the eye. Yeah. He... Like right now, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> he's, he's the one who represents the Lord of Light. Yes. And I can't think of his name. So I'm going to scroll through and see if I can find his name. Uh, in my house, he's eyeball. <laughs> Eyeball. That works, yeah. The problem is there's too many damn characters. I feel like at some point they should weed out anyone who's dead uh, and just show you who's living and currently on the show. Uh, So I thought that it did kind of do a little bit of a recap and and just kind of that sort of feel-good moments of like we had the reunion of – Jon Snow seeing Bran. There's a lot of internet stuff out there about how Bran is creeping the f out of everyone on the of like who's watching the show because he just hangs out. <laughs> yes, and, and he just leers. Yeah, he's just he leering just lays at you. There looking at people. Yeah, how did you get here? The, you know, honestly, good question. Right. How did you wheel yourself over here? Um, so you had the Jon Snow reunion with that. Then you had what I th- what you thought was going to be a little bit of a reunion in the streets when Jon Snow was doing the sort of the parade through town with all the unsullied and his uh, freshly sullied uh, future queen, uh, if you at least pay attention to the boat at the end of uh, season seven. Uh, I thought that he was going to hop off the horse, see her, and have a little bit of a moment. Uh, but then you had Arya and him. So those were feel-good stuff. That was my favorite part. Favorite scene? Yeah. So you thought that was the number one scene of it? Only because she still has uh, Needle. Yep. She still has Needle. And, and there's that line, something along the lines of, uh, have you ever had to use that? Once or twice. Once or twice. When every, you know, and she's nasty with that thing. Yes. Yeah, John has no idea about that. So let's stay with Arya for a second. We see her... Um, go to, gosh darn it, he's uh, Gendry, uh, who is uh, the bastard Baratheon. And they're 100% setting up like a marriage there or a relationship there. They've kind of alluded to it in the past just a little bit, maybe an idea. That would be kind of neat. But in this one, they full on just threw up neon signs in the scene that said uh, he's going to hook up with her, she's going to hook up with him uh, during the blacksmith scene. My wife has a, a has a neat thought on this, and maybe she read it somewhere. So I, I'll give her credit, but maybe she read it. Uh, she thinks that once this war is over, we will win in whatever capacity. We being like we're in the show, right? The the good guys will win, and you'll have Gendry and Arya get together. They then you get a Stark and a Baratheon together, yep. which is a very solid thing. Then they will move into, is it Riverfell? I think it's what it, whatever it is where, where the phrase used to be. Yes. That used to be Catelyn Stark's home. And then she doesn't have it anymore. The phrase have it. And so then you've got Arya in the home of her mom. And that, that's a feel-good story with Gentry who you know, gets to have a real family and all that stuff, and then you start a Baratheon-Stark lineage, whatever kids they spawn off after that. Okay. So there's a little bit of a feel-good there. Uh, the internets are saying that she showed him that picture, can you make this for me? Yeah. And there's a little steel shot of it, and it, it looks like a spear that also breaks into two pieces, if you happen to see that. Like, it, it comes undone. Okay. Now, Arya is a giant fan of the Dorns the Dornish people, and they train with spears. 
their biggest victory back in the day is they were able to kill one of the dragons from the Targaryens, bringing down the queen who was riding that dragon. They put a spear on you know, like a scorpion launcher, right. shot it through the eye of the dragon, killing the dragon, killing the queen, their biggest victory. They use spears. This spear that Arya wants has a dragon glass tip and then probably uh, Valerian steel on the other end of it, making her formidable, but also giving her a spear of her own that she will use to launch and kill the ice dragon. What do you think? She kills it. You are painting a very picture-perfect scenario in which there's good and, you know, there's some sort of happy ending here. Mm -hmm. I just don't see it. Hey, people are going to die. But I think she I think she will be the one to kill the dragon. I think she dies. Oh, what are you doing? I'm killing what your are theory. You, what are you doing? Now this is gonna hurt. Because John there was the reunion with John. Yeah. John is not on her side. What? Why not? I think she is. Mm, I don't think so. I think by the end, he's a dragon lover, dude. I mean he's a Targaryen. That's right. But that doesn't mean that he's that he's not going to stand up for the Starks. He's not a Stark. He's not a Stark. Never has been a Stark. But he was raised a Stark. As far as he know, he knows Ned Stark is his dad. Let's go back to season one. Okay. He's going to find out that Ned wasn't his father. I mean, he did. Right. He he knows. Okay. So Ned is his nothing, and he's is he the nephew? He, yeah, he is uh, Daenerys's nephew. Yeah. Yeah, he banged his aunt. Right. That, yeah. We were going to get to that, too. But just full disclosure, if she was my aunt, I would do that, too. That's weird. Um, I'm going back into that time period where it's okay. <laughs> I don't think it was okay. If you didn't know that she was your aunt, wouldn't you, wouldn't you be all about that? Well, anyways, you're proving my point here. He's <laughs> he's never been a Stark. Okay. Go back to season one. Yep. He was never treated like a Stark. Not one time ever was he treated like a Stark. Everybody treated him poorly. I, ex- I think, except Ned. Yeah, Ned. His surrogate father. Because Ned knew who he was. Yep. Made a promise to his sister. And that's right. And wanted to protect him. Mm-hmm. Because he knew that he was the rightful heir to the throne. Mm-hmm. And Robert Baratheon would have had him killed. That's right. And took that to his death. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how your theory plays out. Like you think that John, what's going to happen with John? John takes out the Ice King, or the I'm sorry, the, the the Night King. So that's who he's able to kill. He he does that. Arya kills the Ice Dragon. Maybe she even brings down the Ice Dragon with the the uh, the the Night guy on it, and then John takes him out after that, injures him somehow. I don't know. And who's left? I think Sansa's left because I think she's going to be the new Cersei. Okay, now I can back that. Because I feel like they're really setting her up to just kind of not sort of be the evil one or the selfish one. You know what? That is a character that they've done a really good job developing. Sansa? Yeah. Yeah. Because she's been everything. Mm-hmm. You know, and you've seen kind of the twist and turns of her behavior. Because at one point she was dead on good person. Yeah. And almost a throwaway character. Season two, season well, no later than that. Season three, you know, she was, season you know, four. The stuff with Joffrey and 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 you know some of those things. It was just kind of like she was almost used as a tool for the show. Well, if you would have known that Joffrey was going to be killed, then it would have made more sense. But yeah. you're right. At the time, it really seemed throwaway. 
Yeah. So she's left as some sort of evil queen. I think so. I don't think we'll see it fully, but I think she lives. Maybe she goes to King's Landing. Well, I guess that's where the king and queen has to be. She'll be some, maybe she stays Lady of Stark or, or Lady of Winterfell. And but I I think there's that indication that maybe she will be not evil, but maybe the new Cersei. So I think she's around. Who takes the throne? That's my question. Because you can't have your situation and a situation in which John. I think John takes the throne, and I think. I think Daenerys doesn't live through this. I I feel like they may set her up to be a little villain-ish as well. Just from a standpoint of, we've seen a few times it's my way or the highway. Well, Daenerys, they all have that. Daenerys has that deal where, well, you can go back to season one and two with her too. Because even with her own people, mm-hmm. she led them kind of Iron Fist style. Yeah, it's. I feel like she's always had good intentions, but to get to that... Selfish intentions, yes. that's what you should say. Yeah, because even we saw it last night with how, you know, I don't need your sister. We're talking to Jon Snow about Sansa. I don't need her to like me, but I am her queen. You know, that sort of thing. Like, oh, what's up, B? Like, you know, kind of being a little, a little stern on in those little moments. I think they are setting it up to where it's okay for you not to like her a little bit. She has a little bit of her brother. Yes. Like there's some sort of like narcissism. Mm-hmm. What was his name? Oh, geez. I don't know. I mean, we'd have to go back to the dead guy. Yeah. You'd have to go book of the dead. That's yeah. what I meant by they all have that a, a little, like there is that it's a holier than thou thing. It's a dragon ego. Yeah, and I think we really saw a lot of it too to win. And this was a, I mean, props to uh, Samuel uh, uh, Tarly, Samuel Tarly, because the actor who plays him, which I'm not seeing on my screen, uh, when she informed that that scene was going to be so great when Jorah is bringing in Daenerys to meet the guy who cured Jorah when no one else could do it or take the time to do it he did it here he is and for him to be as innocent and awesome as sam is he's one of my absolute favorite characters and then for that moment when when he mentions tarly and she goes randall tarly it's like yes this is my father you know and like oh and it wasn't i hate to tell you this i am so sorry but we had a battle with the lannisters he was supporting the Lannisters, and I gave everyone a chance to bend the knee, and he refused to bend the knee and by punishable of death, and he still wouldn't do it. I gave him a chance, and he ended up, I ended up having to do it, and I'm so very sorry. And unfortunately, your brother was a part of that, too. Yeah, that's not how that played None out. None of that happened. Can you imagine how that would have been different if it did? Instead, she was like, gave a chance to bend the knee. He didn't. He's dead. He did die. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. There is some narcissism. And that's why I think they're somewhat setting her up to be vilified a little bit. Same for when Sam finally went down. So this is what I think the biggest moment of the episode is. You loved the reunion of, of John and, and Arya. Biggest moment for me was when Sam goes under you know, to the morning tunnel where they've got Ned Stark. Yep. And proceeds to tell John that he's the rightful heir to the throne for all the kingdoms. That moment to me was huge. 
but the words that he spoke as well about how you would have been a different king. You were the guy who uh, gave a chance to the wildlings who wouldn't bend the knee. You didn't kill them all. You know, you were, uh, you know, passionate, I guess, or, or considerate then to where she is not that. I think he's trying to show there's a real difference between you, John, and how she rules. You should be king. She shouldn't be queen. He even said you're talking about uh, like a mutiny or uh, or whatever the other word for that would be. Um, and Sam, I think, is going to be the instigator of maybe making that happen. So who does John end up with? Uh, I don't think he ends up with anybody. I don't think he ends up with uh, with Daenerys. I think somehow she'll end up being killed or and, and maybe she ends up getting vilified. And then somewhere in there sacrifices herself to save John in a, sh- in a true act of love, maybe. And then he becomes a king. There's nobody else that, that he has showed an interest in, right? It's just been Daenerys right now. Yeah. Not at this point. Egret's dead. That would have been good. He gets to you know, see her in real life since that's his real wife. So I think maybe he just becomes almost like the Robert Baratheon you know, single king, though he ended up with Cersei, but, you know, maybe he'll find some love later. So I think he... But not crazy. Not crazy. Well, it's it's going to be hard to do in, in that land, I think. Um, so, yeah, I think John takes the throne. I think Daenerys does end up dying. I think Arya ends up, like I mentioned before, with uh, Baratheon's bastard son, and they're over there. Sansa's in the north. I think Bronn makes his... I think Bronn ends up living. He's the one in the brothel last night. Bronn has... Braun has a story to be told too, yeah. and then I don't know what they're going to do with that. But there's that, no way he's killing Jamie or uh, Tyrion. No way. Not at this point. Well, that's what he's hired to do right now. No, it's not happening. Yeah, I, I feel there's no way that's going to go down, and I feel like he will ultimately take that gold and not not do that. But I, I find his character to be fun. Yes, he's in it for the money, but also he saves the people he likes. He what likes Jamie. He likes Tyrion. What if he's involved in the Daenerys thing, that the killing? Like, how does she die? I think she sacrifices herself. Oh, she goes out like that. Yeah, because she's they, a mortar. Because, and I, and I think sometimes you, you have to do that. We've had a character that we've liked this entire time. Now we're starting to see that maybe we shouldn't like her as much as we should. Have you liked her the entire time? I have liked her the whole time. I've gone back and forth. Yeah, pretty much I've liked her most of the time. 90% of the time I'm in. So I think as we're starting to turn it, and I think they're doing that on purpose, now we're starting to get, John, you should maybe step in and take over that throne. And then like, oh, now we don't like her as much. And then you do that one redeeming thing to bring you back to like season two or whatever when you had those feelings for her. And then he, she dies in his arms. Second time it's happened for him because of Egret as well, mm. and uh, he and then so that's what I think happens uh, with her. I think Jorah probably dies somewhere in there protecting Daenerys. I think Tyrion. Oh, can you imagine if Tyrion ended up on the throne? Because he's also a Targaryen. He would be an heir to the throne, but he's not the heir. To he's the not throne. the heir. But if John gives it up, there's there's a there's a rumor that John like uh, they win. John gives up the throne. He goes to the wall. They build a new wall. And filled with drag, you know, like with dragon glass and and whatever, so like it can't be penetrated. He's Night's Watch for the rest of his life, and he lives out his days brooding and being the the high commander, whatever they're called, uh, you know, Jorah's uh, dad, that position, oh, high commander, all, whatever. That's awful. Well, that's what he would do. And then, what if Tyrion sat on the throne then? 
It depends on which Tyrion you get. I like all the Tyrions. He's my favorite character, I think. Because he's the most... He has the most human qualities? I think so. And, and if you noticed, Sansa last night kind of became him for a second. He was more like Sansa from earlier in the season. She was more like him from earlier in the season as well when, when they met up there and kind of talked again and said, you thought Cersei's army, like you believe Cersei? I once thought you were the smartest or the cleverest man I'd ever met. Huh. And then walked away, making him doubt that Cersei's going to bring her, her armies. Of course, we know she's not doing that. And now that Jamie has arrived, we'll see in the next episode when they find out that uh, she is, in fact, going to be attacking the other kingdoms. And what do you do? Lots of, lot of answers. I know. And that's just some of what happened. I can't wait. We were joking in my house that uh, now we're kind of like whiny because we've waited, what, two years? Yep. And that's a long time. Now we're like, oh, we got to wait a week now? Ugh. This we're, sucks. We're spoiled. Now we really streaming service to spoil us. I know. I wish they just could have given it all to us. Now we got to wait now, and I think I think the next episode will be even better. According to Rotten Tomatoes, at least as we're doing this, ninety-seven percent score for last night's premiere. That's fair. Yeah, it's higher than last season's uh, season premiere, and I and I really did enjoy the episode overall. I thought they did a lot of good things in there uh, to kind of you know move the story along and and make you wonder little nuggets. Oh, we haven't got to this yet. What's the deal with this with the swirly symbol on the wall with the dead kid? Mm. Like, that, well, no, that I think that's a, an old school Game of Thrones. Like, here's something new yeah. that nobody knows anything about, and I and I haven't gotten into it too much because I don't want to see something that may spoil something else for me. Not that anyone really knows, but I don't want someone to be so well versed in the show. That or the books even, right? And they're like, "Oh, you remember back in the cave, and uh, when Daenerys and Jon Snow were looking at drawings, they had a symbol very similar to that." Blah blah. I don't know. Um, but my wife had mentioned as we were watching, that's not very Night King esque. The Night King doesn't do that. Not that we have seen. Why is he going to leave one leaving the dead body up there? Sure, that's fine. That's for chilling effect. That was a pun as well. I got it. But the swirly stuff isn't what he would do. But is it something Bran would do, trapped in the Night King's body, to give a clue? Mm. I feel like that's more in line. Everyone seems to think that Bran is the Night King. Like, not everyone, but a lot of theories out there. So is it a clue from him? Do you think we'll get a movie? No. I think we're getting them every week. Last night was too too short, but the last two episodes of the season will be an hour and 20 minutes. They're going to do a Sopranos film. Yeah, they shouldn't. They did how many Sex in the City movies? Two? Two, yeah, I think you're right. And Entourage Yeah, got a movie. I bet you Game of Thrones gets a movie. Well, the problem is they're already going to be doing a prequel. HBO's already doing a prequel. So we're going to get more Game of Thrones. None of them had other shows to do. So it's not like HBO is not giving us what I want. They should put a big giant bow on this. We don't need to know. By the time the finale happens, I want things to be so wrapped up, like Star Wars 9 that we're going to get to here in a second, that I don't want to know what happens next because I know what happens next. But no, you don't. You just told me a a couple of different scenarios, Mm -hmm. one of which involves uh, John going to the wall, building the new wall and Mm -hmm. doing the whole Night's Watch thing. Yep. Which basically means that 
Everything that's happened up to this point is starting over and happening again. But it hap- it, it's happened before. Right. But it was a thousand years ago. All the characters I will know and love by the time anything happens will be dead. And I've already seen all of this stuff for the last eight seasons. So I'd, you know, they're not going to do a movie and show us the same thing again. Now, if you wanted to do a movie and get us to, to like some sort of a prequel with that stuff and make it all big and badass, cool. But HBO is supposed to be giving us that in the form of a show. Can you imagine the prequel, like all the new Ned memes? Uh, well, the, I, I, the thing is, I wish they were going to that time frame. How like, far back are they going? Original. Like how the Night King came to be, the original Children of Men, all that stuff. For At least from what I've read. I want them to go back and let us see young the Ned. battlefield. Yeah, yeah. Give us that stuff. Let us see. Let us know how the characters we know and love now, how they even came to be from from their. Well, apparently, their the most, you know, what the most interesting relationship is in all of Game of Thrones to me, like the most fascinating relationship, Rob and Ned. Okay. To me, it's just like the most fat because they. The short time they spent on screen together mm-hmm. was nonstop storytelling. Yeah, nobody swapped stories about the past the way that they did. Mm-hmm. This battlefield. Remember this time we fought here and we did that, and then you were pillaging, and it was so Robert Baratheon. Yeah, I got you. Not Rob Stark. No, 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 no. no. I'm sorry. Yes, okay. Robert Baratheon. Gotcha. Uh, you know the king, and yeah. I just think that that would be that'd be incredible. I think that would be a great show. And you could even start it off like in a, a dining hall or something, kind of telling a story, and then just it fades to that scene, and you do this. So I'm I'm on that. Uh, so we'll wait till six whole days, and I hope they go by really quick, and then we can see what's next. Because I know that the next episode is gonna be better than the one we had last night, and I'm happy what we have last night. I'm gonna guess it's the slowest episode of the year from just from a movement perspective, and it wasn't boring at any stretch. I think it's just going to be... What's the nature? They had to do a reset. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. Now, we did mention a second ago that Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, Episode 9, 9, trailer popped. And you know you know my thing about not watching trailers? Yep. Totally went out the door with this one. I couldn't... There was no way. It was a shadow of a doubt that I was like, oh, I'm watching this. That, that's I, two trailers. That's two you've watched. Yes. I, the, I baited BJ into watching Joker, too. So what'd you think of the Star Wars trailer? Uh, I thought it was... I mean, of course, they don't show us very much. Uh, the, the, biggest thing, the biggest thing in the trailer is what they didn't show us but let us hear, and that is the laugh of Palpatine. Who is confirmed. Yeah. 100% confirmed. He's in it. What are they doing? Is that holograph... Is it, I mean, what is happening? No, there? that guy's still alive, as far as I know. No, man. What is he dead? No, I think he's alive. Google that and see if the dude who played Power. I'm almost positive he's alive because J.J. Abrams was talking about working with him, and and what a delight he was. I'm almost positive. Uh, so there's a couple of things that have come out from it. Uh, Google if you haven't seen the trailer. I'm surprised you're listening to the show. Um, but uh, Ray has a white lightsaber. And we haven't seen that except in like one of the cartoons, I think. And it's supposed to be uh, like purity or something like that. Uh, so it's a new color. And you can make your lightsaber apparently be whatever color you want, depending on what sort of energy you put into it. That's not uh, new. That's been around in like, 
you know, the books. Mm-hmm. Right. And in various canon before. By the way, Palpatine is alive. I've, uh, yeah. Christopher Lee, I was oh, no. mistaken. Christopher yes. Lee is dead. I remember that, yes. Yeah, yeah. so he was... Uh, he was Count Dooku. Yep. So Palpatine will be back. Uh, white lightsaber here. And I think the the title is Rise of Skywalker. So does some people are saying, does that mean officially Rey is a Skywalker and it's the rise of her? I'm going to go with no. They tried to say in the last movie that she's nobody. I think it's Ryan Johnson just doing a crappy movie and just kind of... Because you wouldn't have all that build up from J.J. Abrams in The Force Awakens as to who she is. Just to go at the end of whatever the heck that movie was called that Ryan did, just to squash it and be like, oh, by the way, nobody. You could achieve your, achieve your dreams, kids, because that's kind of what he was talking about. I think J.J. Abrams brings it back around. Ray will be somebody, but maybe not a Skywalker. One thing that I think it could be is just the mentality and the feeling that Luke Skywalker is supposed to give to people and the hope that he gives, that is the rise of Skywalker. The rise of his legacy and his legend will be seen throughout this movie. Also, Princess Leia is a Skywalker. Thoughts? I'm, I'm just taking it in. I, I, think, uh, I don't think that Rey is a Skywalker. I think she's a Kenobi. Mm. I don't know, man. The crazy old Ben Kenobi? Yeah, I think he was getting... He's on the planet having to watch uh, over Luke Skywalker. It's not like he couldn't have, wouldn't have had a little... Some trysts. So... A tryst with who? Uh, Tusken Raiders? Oh! <laughs> I mean, there, was, there was chicks on that planet? From what I remember, it was a, a pretty decent clip from where Skywalker lived on Tatooine mm-hmm. in that isolated... T-Tiny house mm-hmm. to either ride that speeder forever to get to the cave that crazy old Ben lived in. And Ben was never not a Jedi. What was Ben's biggest thing with Anakin? Do you, that you're letting your feelings get in the way yep. of being a Jedi. Ben Kenobi's a master Jedi. Yep. He never succumbed to that. But he didn't have to at this point. He didn't have to be a Jedi anymore. Oh, you're saying when he's on the run. Yeah, all that stuff's over. As far as he knows, he's the last Jedi besides Yoda, and that is true. That's it. And you got Luke, and you got Leia, so I'll watch him. I don't have to be a part of all that stuff. I'm not fighting anymore. I'm just going to watch over him. I'm going to occasionally go into town, have some drinks with Mary, and then take her back to my my cave, and then two generations later, have a daughter. So there's some random that old Ben Kenobi hooked up with. All right, maybe so. Maybe not so random. All right, think about this for a minute. Isn't the twin thing, isn't that generational? Or like if you have twins. Every other generation, right? Aren't you more likely? But even, I've known couples that have have two sets of twins. And I've known, uh, actually my wife's family, she's got like twin grandparents. Mm. Or, uh, you know, like her grandmother has a twin. And then both of them had twins like weird like didn't skip a generation at all does that run on the female side or the male side i don't know are you praying it's the male side (laughs) so you don't bust out two kids i'm not interested dude (laughs) i'm not interested but they could be twins kylo and ray could be twins but we we would have figured that out by now yeah unless they were separated on purpose but but leia would know that and han would know that 
Leia would have felt that, and why would they have separated them? At that point, there's peace in the universe. You know, Luke gets to do his thing. Everyone, everything's great. You don't have to separate them at that point. So I don't. I it mean, doesn't make sense that she's Luke's daughter. Yeah, I don't think she is. That's why I think she's Ben's. But well, well, they're like Ben's granddaughter at this point. But it also doesn't make sense that, like Luke's whole storyline in these movies doesn't make sense. What if she's a Palpatine? Ooh, maybe that's why he's back. That's her grandfather. Ooh. And who was he with? We've seen that dude's whole entire life play out. Ah, uh, he can be with whoever he wants, man. He's the emperor. He can have concubines. The Emperor's dead. He's not dead. That's the whole point. He's back. He's in this movie. I don't think that he's alive. I think he's alive. All we did was just, we saw him throw, Darth Vader threw him over the edge. And the little lightning storm was happening as he fell down. We saw Luke fall down a shaft just like that, come out just Daisy. I think with just one hand, right? He only had one hand when that happened? You don't think that Palpatine wouldn't have hunted Luke Skywalker down. Not with this devious plan. In his recovery from being thrown over the edge, he was holed up at the at the Sith Lord Hospital. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Famous. Yeah, just like General, General Hospital. Sith Hospital. Yeah, yeah, General Sith Hospital, uh, where uh, John Stamos, uh, Blackie, was, uh, was, was treating him. I think he was on General Hospital. And so I think he's just ha- hatched this diabolical plan to... Do all this. So then, uh, the the guy that was the the dude. I'm, I'm terrible with names. The one that helped um, Kylo Ren, the one that got killed in the last episode. The the the, the main dude, the real tall guy, the main bad guy. Last. Oh, time. the uh, the one the that, CGI guy, the one that uh, Kylo killed. Yes. So I think that used use him as the pawn. He had a rad name. He did. And our apologies to the writers for not being able to remember that. We'll Google it. Um, and so I think maybe General Palpatine was using him as sort of the vehicle. To, a conduit. Yeah, to launch this wicked plan. So what's Kylo's role in this whole thing? Because he does seem to teeter. Maybe to bring Ray over. There is that connection there. I feel like we're making a movie play out that we've already seen. Have well, we have? So I do know this: before JJ graciously took back over this franchise, as he should have done from the get-go, he just didn't want to commit to three movies. And I wish he did, because the one that Ryan Johnson did, I it is a waste of time. He went and met with George Lucas, and he said, "Look, I know we're about to wrap up this trilogy." But we're wrapping up nine films. We're putting a bow on nine of these. I want to make sure that we do it right. So he and George sat down and talked about the mythos of of Star Wars and the story of Star Wars and, and his thoughts when he first did it, where he was throughout this whole process, and how do we wrap this up bringing justice to the story and to these characters and for the people who have loved them over the years. That being said... Maybe you kind of bring a story into play that's that's familiar. Supreme Leader Snoke. That's it. Yes. Who? Back to your point. I'm sorry. I just wanted to throw that. No, I'm out glad there. you did. That was going to bother me. Part of me also uh, that seems weird to me is how did you not know what this story was before you started the first and the second one? 
right? JJ wrote this and 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 is a part of writing this movie as he took it back over. How are how is the structure of this not already done going into it? I've always read that George Lucas now obviously when he made a new hope when he made a new hope mm-hmm. you know nobody thought that movie was going to do anything right and so it became something then he has to put this story together but when he made episode one two and three mm-hmm. that story was already laid out right. start to finish before he even started filming the first movie mm-hmm. i'm surprised they didn't do that here too especially considering that disney's involved and they had planned spinoffs two yeah. of which we've already gotten yes yeah, and you know, and those kind of wrote the, well. Rogue One wrote itself essentially. Rogue One's my favorite of the new movies. Yeah, that's one of my least, just because everyone dies. You could have saved somebody, and they decided not to. I just the the, the whole point about the way they were able to tie a spinoff. Yeah, into, I, I, the story's what I yes, like. and I and I can appreciate that. I didn't mind Solo; it was a bomb, but I didn't I didn't mind it that much. Uh, but I do feel like they're gonna do the things in this one that are gonna be all the feel good things that we've wanted. All the cool things that we want wrapped up because after this, it's going to be a minute before we get another Star Wars film. We know that Ryan Johnson is working on a trilogy. They've Disney has already said we're going to take a break from Star Wars. Just so you know, there will be some time. We're going to let it breathe, and then those are going to come out. We know that DB Weiss and uh, David Benioff from Game of Thrones, they're working on something as well. But again, we're going to have time. We know that The Mandalorian is going to be on the Disney+. And Deanna, uh, Diego Luna's character from Rogue One, he's getting a TV show on Disney+, Plus as well. We are getting those. And they even showed a little bit of The Mandalorian to, I think I'm saying the name of that show, right? Uh, at this little Disney thing the other day. So that's kind of wrapped up. We're going to get some stuff. So I think they're going to give us, in this film, everything we've ever wanted out of a Star Wars movie. And it's J.J. Abrams, so I trust. You know, George Lucas tried that in his third Star Wars film. And he tried it. Return of the Jedi? Yeah. But George Lucas, to me, I do not think he is an amazing filmmaker. As a whole, his vision is really cool. And I, and I think that's great. But people have been at their worst when they're in his movies. Like Hayden Christensen really isn't a bad actor. He's bad in Star Wars. But he's been in other things where he's okay. I'm not saying he's great by any stretch. He's never going to win an Oscar. But people are bad. Natalie Portman has an Oscar. She's terrible in the Star Wars movies. I will say this about Hayden Christensen. I think that Star Wars helped him become a better actor. I would say that, but yeah. he is miserable. That line about the sand, you know what one I'm talking about? I don't know. Sand. I hate sand. It gets everywhere. I mean, that's a line <laughs> from a Star Wars movie, and yeah. he's talking to Amidala, and they're on the balcony. Okay. And it's like, who wrote that? George Lucas. But you know what Luke, uh, You know what George Lucas can do? Cash checks. Special effects. Yep. Maybe the best ever, him or Spielberg, for the time. Well, ILM, uh, Industrial Light Magic, that all came from Lucas. Uh, THX, mm-hmm. he designed all of that. Yeah, I believe uh, not Dolby, but what's the other? I know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, 
D something. Yeah. He designed all of that sound stuff. Those were the first movies that had, you know, that massive surround sound yeah. and all of that. And his vision is great. You know what he is? He's a big picture guy. Okay. How about that? Then the, he gets lost in the minutia. You've got to get you a scriptwriter. Well, now you don't anymore because you're worth like four bill. Yeah. So and you get J.J. Abrams because J.J. can take something and make it amazing. Like I love The Force Awakens. Didn't like Ryan Johnson's movie. So I feel just because J.J.'s in this, then I am going to enjoy this. And he's he's done Star Trek as well. So I'm excited by this movie. Uh, well, you know we've got December twentieth, so we have something to look forward to because we were mentioning I think like a podcast or so ago. After July, are there any more superhero films? And and there may be a real answer to that, but as far as we can recall, not really. You mean Marvel? Just in general. When is Spawn? Uh, they're shooting it still. Oh. I don't think we get that until next year. Okay. Uh, and DC doesn't have anything on tap. Shazam mm-hmm. was it, but they were going to have Wonder Woman, but that moved to next year. Uh, so I don't I don't know what we're going to get. Even though Dwayne Johnson did just tease out some stuff about Black Adam and that they're going to start production next year on it. And Shazam was number two, number one again at the box office two weeks in a row. They needed that decision was made and that information leaked because Shazam did well. Of course, I wonder if Dwayne was kind of kicking back, going, "If this does well, I'll pull the trigger." Because Dwayne was a producer on Shazam. He got a producer credit. Sure, on but like I think it's because Black Adam's officially going to happen. Okay, and I think it does well, unlike a movie that tanked this past weekend, which is Hellboy. Which we called. I think you were the first one to just say that is going to be a dog. Yeah, but I'm, I'm such a simpleton with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like with everything, really. What was my reasoning? There's no Ron Perlman. Yes, that was my reasoning. One of the other ones we had was even the contacts are bad. Right. I mean, if it, it looks dumb. But I will tell you this, in all fairness, I didn't see the movie. Are you going to watch the movie? Now I want to see it because of how bad it's done. One review came out and said, and plus the embargoes didn't lift until like Wednesday for reviews. It's always a bad sign. It's totally a bad sign. And one of them said, you can't compare this to what, and I'm just paraphrasing here, to what Guillermo del Toro did for his two films. Because what Guillermo did was special, and it had Guillermo's vision, it was whimsical, it was great. That being said, this movie is terrible. (laughs) Well, that's about as harsh as it can get. Yeah. But I, I should, this is a fair point, too. Hellboy, the initial Ron Perlman uh, Del Toro release, Mm -hmm. it's not like it just burned the box office apart. I remember when Hellboy came out, and I didn't know if I was going to go watch that movie, and people told me it was good. You know how I saw that? Redbox or something after the fact. I don't know if I saw it in the theater. I didn't. I saw the second one in the theater because I had seen the first one and knew that it was good. Hellboy's not a mass appeal character. Uh, no, he's not. I'm curious to see how... I'm, I'm going to look here in a second and see how well the uh, the, the first one did, too. Um, but it did $12 million, like this current one. It cost about $50 million to make. So that's a giant bomb for them. Like that's... And, and from the get-go, it has always kind of looked like it wasn't that great. One person even went so far as to say, we may now have our candidate for worst movie of 2019. Like that to me is 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 crazy. So Hellboy the original with Ron Perlman, production budget was 66 million. Heck, they had first they had more for the first one. It grossed domestically 59 million dollars, so just under 
its production budget, which isn't necessarily great, but it did another $40 million outside of here. So it just a smidge under $100 million. So with that, you always get a green light. You know, that's interesting. $40 million internationally? Uh, yep. Which is pretty close to what it grossed here in the States. Well, uh, well 50, 59 total. Right. So yeah, it's a, a $20 million off. I wonder if Hellboy has some sort of international appeal, like if he's uh, popular overseas. Maybe, because in the second one, $85 million budget, $75 million, or almost $76 million here, so still off by just under 10 It did $84 million overseas. Yeah. And with a total of $160 million worldwide. This new one did 12. Is that here? Has it done anything internationally? Uh, let's see. Um, Maybe too new. Well, I mean, sometimes you get you get it uh, in both places at once. Uh, nope, so far only here. I'm not sure when it comes out overseas. That'll be interesting. I, I have to watch it now. Why is that a thing? Like, if you told me you saw a movie that I wasn't thrilled about and that it was really good and I should see it, there's not a very high likelihood that you're going to sway me because you thought it was good. Yeah. But if a lot of people think something just sucks, mm-hmm. like, I'm all in. It's that same thing with those uh, rotten-tasting jelly beans. Oh, yes. To where one might be good and one might be bad. You just put it in your mouth and you see. Cause it's like, oh, this tastes terrible. Don't eat this. Oh, well, automatically you want to taste it. So that's that's how it is for me. I generally think this movie looks bad and has thought that it looked bad from the onset. But... Now that it's so terrible, uh, did I tell you before the show what's what its Rotten Tomato score is? No. What do you think? Take a stab at it. So we'll we'll do both, uh, the review one and then the audience score. Which what do you, one you, what do you want first? Uh, give me what you think the audience scored it. How bad is it first? Is it horrific? That's fine. I know it's very benign, but I don't I don't want to sway you. Thirty two. Sixty three. Oh, well, it's not that bad. Audience say 63, so that, that's okay. Now, from critics, what do you think the critics have? 44. 14. 14. There is a huge discrepancy between those two numbers. Isn't that astonishing? You know, you know why? It, it made $12 million. The yeah. only people that saw it, Hellboy Apologist. Probably. Big maybe, fans. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, but there's not like so Shazam is a 90% Rotten Tomatoes score audience uh, what did the audience say uh, audience said 88% so 90% for certified fresh from critics 88 from the from the uh, from the rest of us so that's good but like Pet Cemetery, 58% I told you I told you about that one too there's no Fred Gwynn yeah, uh, 58 out of the critics, 41 from the audience. I told you, you can't do Pet Cemetery without Fred Gwynn. Yeah, you can't do Pet Cemetery 2 without Anthony John Edwards. John Lithgow. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. Harry and the Hendersons, we already talked about this, I man. Know. Go back a couple of podcasts on that. So uh, we'll probably end up seeing Hellboy at some point. The Power Five. All right, so because Hellboy was such a dirge, we thought for our Power Five... We would do the top five worst comic book movies of all time. And there, you were saying at the beginning, you're struggling with having to come up with some of these. Because, like, there are some superheroes that I love so much that basically anything they put out, mm-hmm. I have a really hard time saying is it, it's just not good. Yeah. And I feel you on that. 
I do. Like, everyone hates Green Lantern. I've probably seen that movie 15 times because it's on FX all the time, or at least was. I would watch it. Like, it's not terrible. Will you go first? Uh, sure, yeah, because okay. I'm, I'm prepared. So I, I some, not, I'm not going to say some obvious ones aren't on here, but I went with ones that I genuinely had a problem watching and enjoying. Okay. Because that, that was my criteria here, because I'll sit through almost about anything. So no real order to these. Okay. Uh, Superman 4, Quest for Peace. <laughs> Overall, just a terrible movie. Like, I don't even know what redeeming qualities to, to say about it. They did, uh, like, I enjoyed Richard Pryor in the previous movie. Like, that was fun. There's something kind of, you know, kind of neat about that. I like Christopher Reeve as Superman. He is Superman. This movie is just, we're going to make Nuclear Man? Wasn't that the name of the bad guy yep, in that? Sure We're going to make him? Well, like, you could have done so much more. But I, I could at least appreciate the comic booky kind of plot with it. And it wasn't like Superman Returns, we're going to make new land, which is, I didn't have Superman Returns on this list. It could have. It's not a great movie. So Superman for the quest for peace. The Spirit. No, wow. With Gabriel Mock. Wow. Frank Miller directed this movie. Yeah. Not that Frank Miller's a great, you know, writer of this, but it had a very Sin City look to it. It had a very Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow feel to it. Yeah. Just one of the worst movies ever for Sky Captain. I didn't make it through this film. And if I'm not mistaken, isn't Sam Jackson the bad guy in this yep. movie? Like the octopus or something yep. like that? Yep. So just, and I don't know what to tell you that's bad about it, except I couldn't make it through the film and I'll watch almost anything in this genre. I really will watch anything in this genre. And I couldn't make it all the way through. Steel. Wow. Shaquille O'Neal. Steel is really bad. Terrible. <laughs> I would almost watch Kazam with him more so than this one. I don't know what's... Th this, to me, has such a... Do you remember the Garbage Pail uh, Kids movie? Oh, Victor Vomit. Yes. So that movie had a certain feel to it, but you knew you were watching the Garbage Pail Kids movie. Like, uh, you know another movie like that? Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yes. And um, there's another one, too. I think Toxic Avenger is made oh. that way. Well, Toxic Avenger is a whole other thing for me. We're, let's table this one for a second. Okay. We're going to circle right back around Fair to Toxic enough. Avenger. Uh, but almost like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right. With the, the animatronics and just whatever. It has a certain feel to it where it feels campy. But it's okay. But it's okay. Somehow with this, it just didn't feel that way. Steel's just terrible on all fronts. He is bad. Before we get to the last two, I love the Toxic Avenger. Me too. Love it. Uh, Melvin the Mop Boy. Yeah. And it is one of the, the Traumaville movies are, you know, ridiculously campy, very gory. And when you're younger, I don't, I don't even remember when the Toxic Avenger came out. It's got to be the 80s. 83, 4, 5. Yeah, maybe. so... I'm introduced to it through one of my sister's boyfriends. And, of course, my sister's four and a half years older than me. She's dating, and I'm like 12 or 10 or whatever. And you always look up to those dudes or whatever. One of them said, hey, man, I know you like horror movies. You should check this out. And it was on like this VHS cassette tape that even had a little bit of a warble to it yeah. in the beginning of it. And I sat and I watched it, not 
it's got nudity in it. So I'm like, oh, I'm in uh, at that age. But it was just something I had never seen before. The acting's terrible, but I have just an affinity for that movie, and I haven't seen it in probably 20 years. Did you see uh, also around the same time another one I left off of that period mm-hmm. of movies? Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Oh, yeah, sure. You know, So it's in that vein. Yeah, I'll give you that. Oh, but you have another movie. I've got two more. Okay. Uh, so that so this is one that a lot of people may not have seen because it never came out, but it is on the internet. I have watched it. And so it's available, and you will find out when you watch it why it never came out. It, from top to bottom, is terrible and it's roger corman's fantastic four this movie was made in like 94 i think somewhere around that time i don't recognize anybody in it it looks like it was made for television maybe it was made for television i don't know but you can see it on the internet the acting horrific the effects terrible (laughs) like it's it's just top to bottom it looked like someone had a million dollar budget and tried to make a 20 million dollar film with and you couldn't afford anybody except the locals from the community theater and that's the movie you made so search it out just like hell we're talking about hellboy you we should not want to go see it because it's so terrible 14 percent. you gotta see this one go find this on the internet roger corman's fantastic four spend just 10 minutes watching it and you'll know what the whole rest of the movie is about uh number this is number one for me because i had expectations and it was dashed the first time I saw it, I couldn't make it all the way through. Over the course of it being on television many, many, many times, I had seen it, but never at one time. Okay. Do you know what movie it is? We've brought it up on the show before. You hate a bunch of movies. I do. It's Batman and Robin. Oh, yeah. Nipple Batman. Nipple, nipple Batman. This was one that, I mean... uh Arnold Schwarzenegger's cheesy lines and just... Can I do some of those? Yeah, please. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age! (laughs) Revenge is a dish best served cold. Very good. Yeah. Man, I forgot about those. Okay. Oh, how about this one? Freeze well. (laughs) He says freeze well and sprays people. Yeah. It's just terrible and then you've got poison ivy in the mix as well i mean george clooney should have been a badass batman oh man poison ivy too rubber lips oh <laughs> immune For to the... poison ivy's kiss yeah so dumb is that does he have the credit card in that one yes that's... No, no no that's val Kilmer, right or is it this one it's one it no is it i george think clooney? it's george clooney because he pulls it out and never leave home without gotta be has to be because I, Alicia Silverstone's in this as Batgirl. Like, they threw so much stuff at this movie to see if any of it would work, and none of it did. And did you notice, too, that they went for, like, the... It's almost like a dark filter. It's Mm -hmm. a Tim Burton thing. Yes. We make it colorful, but we dim it down with this weird Tim Burton-style filter. Yeah. But the the difference is, is that Tim Burton, the stuff in the background, didn't look like fake rubber... Right. You know, it's like rubber plants. Yeah. And like, uh, I believe that Victor Freeze lived in some sort of ice layer or something. Didn't he have some I, sort I of... I can't remember, because I know that Penguin did. I'm pretty sure he did. I think Freeze had like a... 
You went down these steps or something. There's a there's an ice layer. Probably so. You know, because he's because he's got to be cold enough that he can take his junk off and and still live. That casting job was poor all the way around, except Alicia Silverstone probably yeah, could have okay. in a decent and also uh, Robin. Yeah, I would have preferred for Robin to be a little bit younger. Because that's really how it should be. Well, I see it. That's like a Nightwing aged, yeah. like almost not Robin anymore. Yeah, but Nightwing was Robin first. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like he's, he's at the age where he's almost not Robin anymore. Yeah, uh, but, and, but I think that they they cast the right Poison Ivy. It was just terrible oh, yeah. in, in, in the role. Joel Schumacher? May, maybe so. Um, but I thought that if, if you wanted to put Arnold in one of those movies, he's Bane. Oh, he's Bane all the way. Yeah, so you missed the boat there, but it had Bane, Bane hadn't happened at that point, had he? No, no, no. Bane didn't happen until... Uh, so they, they wasted that. Yeah. So that's my five. Oh, and I have a couple of honorable... Should I save my honorable mentions? No, do them now. Just in case. Catwoman. Oh, junk. Yeah. Just a, a terrible... Usually it's the gold standard for bad comic book movies. And an, another one that's a newer comic book movie, I have seen it a handful of times. So it is one of those that I have seen... I will watch when it's on. I don't find it to be like the movie that it is. It's the Fantastic Four, and it's the one with uh, Kate Mara and um, her husband, um, which I can't think of. Uh, Billy, the little dancing kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. Billy, whatever his name is. Uh, It looks like they made a movie that happened to have those characters in it but was not any sort of storyline that these guys should have been in. I still go back to the original Fantastic Four. Like, the formula in... Jessica Alba? Yeah, the Jessica Alba movie, like, the formula there is dead on. I mean, the writing's a little cheesy. We Mm -hmm. didn't know how to write superhero movies. Right. You know, with the way that we do now. Mm -hmm. But the premise there was dead on. Yeah, Victor Von Doom, origin story, straight up. Even the next one, Silver Surfer, they just missed the boat a little bit on the rest of that. But they they were trying. They killed a... I thought the thing mm-hmm. in the, those Jessica Alba movies... Michael Chiklis. Yeah, like he did a great job, and like that character was rounded out. It's kind of angry. Yeah. You know, like... And he didn't like a giant CGI. Yeah. He was real. That was prosthetics, and, like, like and I was okay suit. with that. So there's mine. All right. You like these movies you're about to say. Well, I don't like them. Okay. I just went ultra mainstream. Okay. And there are a couple of movies on this list that... I don't think are that bad, but I, I hated them at the time, and I've never been able to get the taste out of my mouth. Uh, Spawn. Okay. I don't like Spawn. I didn't understand the movie. I just thought that it was... You know what they did with Spawn? They took a top five comic book artist of all time. Yep. They took his original character. They took his baby, and they're like, we got to make it a movie because, you know, he's an all-timer. That's really what I feel like happened. Yeah. I remember uh, so I, you know I'm collecting comics before Image Comics starts. I've you know I've got the Spider-Man, Todd McFarlane stuff. Here comes Image Comics. You get Spawn and it's like, man, because everything just jumped off it of the page. It looks cool. And if you could make this into a movie, let's do it. So 1997 rolls around. We'd had a couple of films at that point and we hadn't had anything like this. Could it have been a lot better? Absolutely. But they didn't have a giant budget for it. You do have a Sheen in it. Martin Sheen's in it. Yep. Michael Jai White, who is Black Dynamite, one of my favorite movies of all time. If you haven't seen it, find it and watch it. Um, is S. Spawn is fine. It, yeah, 
at the time, it was one of those things to, like we talk about for the first X-Men movies. Like, yeah, like you're excited. It looks great. It is great at the moment. Give it five years. I would spawn. You didn't even have to. I think you give it like three. Uh, okay. I think that's safe. Now, the new one, Jamie Foxx's Spawn. So you've already upgraded there. Jeremy Renner is Twitch because this was supposed to center on the, the two detectives. Yep. And more like a horror film. Which t- is what Spawn should have been. Yeah. So I already have more faith in this new one that, that they'll at least be able to surpass the first one. So Spawn, I'll give you that one. Jamie Foxx. Great transition. Oh, Spider-Man 2? Makes the list. Amazing Spider-Man 2. Like, about 40 minutes into that movie, mm-hmm. you know that Spider-Man's getting a reboot. Mm-hmm. Like, you know that that's happening. That movie is so bad. And he was Electro in that movie? He was, yeah. And really bad. Yeah, and I didn't mind the way they did Electro. I thought it was pretty okay, because it, it was similar to some of the stuff they did on the comics with him. Uh, but... Can you please stop giving me Green Goblin or some variation of him in these movies? We've seen him now like four times. Well, that's, um, you know, the Green Goblin thing I can get over, I guess, because I think that, I mean, we're getting Green Goblin again. You think? I don't think you can make a series of Spider-Man movies and not do it at this point. I I, I know. I, I don't think, I think, well... If you don't have uh, What's-Her-Face who died, uh, Gwen Stacy, you are missing the Green Goblin storyline that made him such a giant arch nemesis for Spider-Man. The current iteration, you you're, we're past that, unless you bring Gwen Stacy into it now. And then you introduce the Green Goblin now. But I think Marvel's too smart for that. Well, think about who we've gotten so far in the new movies. Uh, Vulture? Yep. We're getting Mysterio. Yep. And Shocker. And Shocker. Mm-hmm. And maybe, like, there's something else going on. Well, the Elementals is what they thought might be in this new one. But okay. we, don't, we don't really know. That could just be illusions. We got half the Sinister Six. So that's that's when you bring in Sandman again, if you want, or, or Green Goblin, and you put make it a part of that. Doc Ock. Okay. I can get on board with that if you're doing the Sinister Six. So Amazing Spider-Man 2 made the list. I'll give you that. Garbage movie. Mm-hmm. And now this is where my heart hurts, bro. Oh. I got Spidey on the list twice. Okay. Uh, if you're saying Spider-Man 3, I agree. Spider-Man 3. Yeah. Spider-Man 3. And I hate... This is the one that I hated to put on the list. Why? Because of the black suit, dude. And I was like 19 years old. And it was the coolest... You know, like, we're getting the black suit in a movie? Mm-hmm. You know... We're getting a Venom crossover in a movie? Yep. Who doesn't want to go to see that? Anyone who saw it. Premiere, dude. Took my brother to the premiere. He was like 10. Mm-hmm. Or no, he was Aggie. He was younger than that, I guess. Awful movie. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Two words. Dance number. Ah, uh, yeah. Dance number in the gosh darn movie. And they totally swung and miss on Eddie Brock. Yep. I got nothing against Topher Grace, but he has no business playing that role. Topher Grace in real life. If Topher Grace walked in the studio right now, how big you think Topher Grace is? Five six? Oh no, I uh, probably five eight five nine. In your mind, is Eddie Brock six three two thirty five? Because in my mind, he is, and he wears a letter jacket all the time, and he has really cool <laughs> hair. Yeah, uh, Topher Grace is five eleven, by the way. Okay, 
But do you know what I'm saying? Yep. Like to me, Eddie Brock, the Eddie Brock that I grew up with in the comic book, always had on a purple letter jacket, mm-hmm. quaffed over blonde hair. He kind of looked like a Ken doll with muscles. Yeah, or like spiky hair. Because I mean, yeah, he had that. You, he had spiky. Because I, I feel like you're describing like Flash Thompson. He had a Flash Thompson element about yeah. him. Because to me, if you wanted to do uh, like a good Eddie Brock, give me someone like Vin Diesel, who's already kind of muscular. Give him some hair, and and give me somebody who looks like that, almost like give me The Rock, or give me John Cena, body style. That's Eddie Brock to me, because all the the symbiote does. It's just accentuate what you got going. But how old do we make Eddie Brock? Eddie Brock should be in his 20s because that's how old uh, he is. I mean, we we have uh, – I'm okay with um, the current Eddie Brock, uh, who I love. I'm drawing a blank on his name. I can't understand him when he's in the movie, the TV show Taboo. Uh, who is the latest Venom? Uh, uh, he's British. Uh, uh, Tom, Tom Hardy. Uh, Tom Hardy. Ding, we're great at this. Um, all right, so that's three. Okay. Spider-Man 3, awful movie. I've lumped two movies into one for the my next is Spider or it's uh, Superman three and four. You said oh, you enjoyed three because three was fun. Yeah, but that's Richard Pryor who yeah. uh, who listen, going off script, man. Aside from this podcast and aside from like rock and roll and blues music, my passion in this world is comedy. Okay, like I live for that. Mm-hmm. And Richard Pryor is a legend. Yeah, a top three guy probably all time in that vein of comedy that he does has no business being in a Superman film. You know what he was doing around the same time? Cocaine. <laughs> yeah, a great deal of it. Uh, he was Brewster. Oh, Brewster's Million. He got Brewster. I love Brewster's Million. Listen, me too. Yeah. But Brewster cannot be in the Superman movie. Why not? Because Brewster buys pizza for everybody. And he does. He's got to spend that 30 so he can make 300 <laughs> yo. <laughs> That's right. I'm aware. But it made the movie corny. But Superman 4, equally bad. Yeah. You know what's really sad? And you can say this about Spider-Man 3 and Superman 3 and 4 also. We'll just stick with Superman 3. We equally agree that 4 is bad. Yeah. Spider-Man 3 and Superman 3 followed up, at the time the greatest movies of their respective character. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man 2. Better than Spider-Man 1. Right. Superman 2. Better than Superman 1. Right. And and they follow those up with just stinkers. Yeah. Because wasn't it like a decimal point thing that was that was uh, Richard Pryor's yep. uh, scheme? Yep. It was like, uh, you know... The one thousandth marker. Yeah, no one even knew that money was there. Right. Yeah. So I know why he's in it because they want people to go to the box office to see that. You think they should make remake Brewster's Million and like Brewster's Billion? Spend thirty billion to make three hundred, or spend three billion to make thirty billion? No, I think you have to do it. Okay, you're going into like Bezos. You what it has to be is spend three hundred million to make three billion. Yeah. Is that right? I guess that would be about on par. It'd have to be because you're taking, spend $3 billion. You can't do that. You, you you can. You buy the, the oh, you you can't spend money that makes money, so you can't buy a franchise team. That's right. You can't do anything. Yeah, you're right. And when you're in the billions, like, show me the story that you've read somewhere of a billionaire that ends up broke. 
Oh, yeah. not. Uh, I mean, you find the millionaires that end up sure, broke. But yeah. once you get to that B status, everything that you buy essentially makes you more money. That's true. Yeah. I'm going to buy that stamp and mail it to myself. Right. Yeah. So it shouldn't be a hard one to remake. All oh. right. So you've got one left. Uh, well, you know what? Right. It, what's crazy here is my last movie was Nipple Batman. Oh, you had it too. Uh, but I will go ahead and go honorable mentions because we already talked about Nipple Batman, a Green Lantern, who is my second favorite superhero. Do of all you time. really find that movie to be terrible as a whole, or just the last part of it? There were a couple movies on your list. The Fantastic Four one comes to mind, and you brought up the effects mm-hmm. are awful. The writing in Green Lantern isn't bad. Like I don't think that's a poor script. I don't think that Ryan Reynolds is even capable of coming off as corny or, yeah. or overacting he's super talented yeah you know he's great and who else is uh well actually a uh, top sarsgaard uh yeah peter sarsgaard uh plays the the offshoot of uh, Py- uh pyrex not pyrex um uh whatever the 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 yellow guy parallax yeah, parallax i say you're the green lantern guy uh, Mark Strong is sinestro you had michael clark duncan who was voicing great Kilo actors Wars. they're all great actors mm-hmm. especially sarsgaard too like he's in an acclaimed actor. Yeah. He does films. He didn't even fool with movies. Yeah, and Taika Waititi, who's the director of Ragnarok, is uh, Ryan Reynolds' uh, sidekick in that on Earth. That's right. People don't even realize that. But the effects are so, so, so bad. It's not that bad. The eyes, man. Uh, oh, yeah. When they change colors. Yeah. It's bizarre. I will tell you, I've gone back and watched it relatively recently, and by recently, I say I've seen it within the last year. Mm-hmm. So let's say that. And I'm such a Green Lantern fan that I own it on Blu-ray like three times. And you have a giant lantern at your house. I do. I've got the lantern. I've and got the ring. I've got the Ryan Reynolds movie edition bobblehead. Really? Like on the shelf. Okay. Yeah. I've got all this stuff. If you go back and watch it, the constructs... Now, I'm getting super nerdy right now, mm-hmm. but the constructs, the CGI there looks exactly what I would imagine it would look right. like if the comic books came to life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the people. Yeah. Like the last scene where he does the ultimate Hal Jordan thing and the fighter jets are there mm-hmm. and he brings up those constructs and he's trying to push Parallax back. Yeah. That scene is awesome. Yeah. And that's a very much Green Lantern thing. Mm-hmm. But also, if we went somewhere other than the comic shop and we we ask a hundred people mm-hmm. or a thousand people, yeah. tell me who Parallax is. You're not getting an answer. Yeah. You're not getting an answer with Sinestro either. I, look, I get it. Green Lantern's not that popular. Right. It's just not. It, it's not who he is. But I bet you we could ask a thousand people and maybe somebody would know who Sinestro was or at least heard of him before. Maybe so. No chance on Parallax. No. Uh, also, I had... But no, that's it. I, well, I had Howard the Duck. I didn't know if that counted. Ooh, I love Howard the Duck. Me too. It's a comic book movie. It's awful. But but is it? Jeffrey Jones, Leah Thompson, mm-hmm. and whoever Howard was. Yeah. But I, was it what it was supposed to be? I think the answer is yes. It It's the Living Daylights. Not Living Daylights. It's whatever the movie was uh, with Michael J. Fox and um, when they were singing. It had singing involved. Oh, what is that movie? Something about lights or whatever. I'll have to Google it here in a second. You know, you if you've got a movie with special effects and you're making it sci-fi and you've got original tunes and music scenes, you're not setting out to make Citizen Kane. You're not even trying to make Spawn. 
You know, you're you're making what you know is going to be a comedy, fun, it's campy, campy movie. So I don't think it can be bad because it was never really intended to be good. If that makes sense, they weren't trying to. We're gonna make the best Howard Duck movie you've ever seen. And like I think they were like, this is what this is what Howard Duck is. Howard the Duck is. Howard the Duck. We're feel, gonna make that. Well, Howard the Duck feels like a Howard the Duck comic. I'll give you that. But there's just some parts of that movie I watched it. When I say I watched this one recently, Howard the Duck was on like HBO or Cinemax or something like three weeks ago, mm-hmm. and that last Tim Robbins is in that movie. Who does he play? Phil Blumbert. Phil works with Leah Thompson. Oh my goodness! Yeah, Phil works with Leah Thompson. Ah, oh, and then Ed Gale. I'm sorry, Chip Zine voiced Howard the Duck. By the way, I will say this: when I went back and watched it. I used to think this when I was five or six years old when I watched the movie, mm-hmm. and it still holds true. Leah Thompson, smoking hot. Oh. Smoking hot, like mm-hmm. a whole nother level. Yeah, Holly Robinson-Pete's in it as well. She's in the band Cherry Bomb, which that's the band that, uh, that uh, what's-her-face is in, Leah Thompson. Also, uh, replacing Leah Thompson with the other lady in Back to the Future, just a terrible casting move. That is true. Uh I feel like we're going to be due for a reboot of Back to the Future before too long. No. You don't think so? No. You. This is the Ghostbusters thing. No. I don't want that. And it doesn't mean that they're not going to do it. I say inside of five years, they'll be making it. So let's bookmark this episode, and then in five years from right now, let's see how we did. It's like a little time capsule. You say no, never going to happen. I would do everything. If I did that Brewster's thing and I became, <laughs> you know, and all of a sudden I had $3 billion, I would do every, I would buy out every theater so that nobody saw it. But it would make money, so you couldn't do that. That film made money. Well, if I had money. $3 billion, do you think I could stop a movie from getting made? If you have, uh, well, you could buy the rights to that movie. So if you buy the rights to that movie, then yeah, you could control if it gets made or, or doesn't get made. Who is that? Uh, who did Back to the Future? Uh, Zemeckis? Robert Zemeckis Robert did Zemeckis yeah, yeah. did Back to the Future. They do, do, he, did, he did all of them. Sound like C-3PO. Uh, sorry. Uh, I don't know if he did all of them or not. I'll tell you right here because I'm actually uh, pulling up Michael J. Fox because I was going to see what the name of that movie was. So Back to the Future, at least part two, was directed by Robert Zemeckis. So I'm going to assume that he did the third one as well. That's the one where Biff is like Donald Trump. Yep. Ooh, good call. Well, he owns the hotels, and he's, like, taking over the world, and he's trying to be president or something. Mm-hmm. This, I swear to goodness, I'm going to shoot myself when this podcast is over, because uh, I can't figure out the name of the movie I'm trying to think of. Oh, I found it. You found the movie? I found the movie. What do you got? Gosh, that feels so much better. Uh, a pair of siblings must choose whether to pursue their dream of touring with their rock band or support their family and stay in Cleveland, Ohio. That is Light of Day, starring Michael J. Fox as Joe Rasnick, Gina Rollins as Jeanette Radlin, Rask, whatever, Joan Jett as his sister, Patty Rasnick. Oh, yeah, uh, he sang a Springsteen song or something in that one. He sang a song with Joan Jett. Yeah, because they're the brother and sister in that. Michael McKean is in this movie. Uh, no one else. Oh, Michael Rooker's in that movie. That's good. So, yeah, Light of Day. I feel a little bit better about that now. I no longer have to search and add to the end. Is she still texting? Yeah. All right. So the she in this equation is Adam's wife because Adam, uh, since the beginning of this year, has not picked up any of his comic books from the comic book store. And he's got like local polls. And so she had to go pick them up today and pay for them. So now we're getting the grand total for what it was. $264.71. Oh, so not, not terrible. That bad. 
What's you want to know something uh, crazy is I have spent half of that in just two weeks. Not quite half. Aren't you dialing back? I am going to dial back now because I have spent more money than I have anticipated on comics. There is a budget for it, apparently. I have a bank account. I don't know how much money is in that bank account. I don't oversee it. My wife does. The, I think the money I make from here goes in there. Not from the podcast, but like from the radio station. Well, you have certainly, uh, you've certainly overdone it then. Yes, uh, because uh, I make like $1.25 an hour at the radio station. Uh, no, so uh, the, I think the money comes out of that account. But my wife kind of oversees it, and she just lets me know if I'm doing too much. She's not told me I've done too much here, but I have been buying more things. Like, I've been buying a couple of 100 series X-Men, Uncanny X-Men. I have all of the 200s. So now I'm starting to dive into the 100s. So I bought a couple of those. I picked up almost all of Joe Majuria's, Majuria, whatever, Uncanny X-Men stuff the other day. That's a lot of books. I didn't have very many of those. I was buying, you know, this book over here, that's 40 bucks. I'm buying this book over there, that's 50 bucks or whatever. And that adds up rather quickly. Yeah. And, and $264. I know all about it. Yeah. You're, but you have to read all those. I know. Which I'm caught up until January. <laughs> yeah. You know, from then. Well, listen, I'm, I'm not going to pull as much... Like, I lost interest in a lot of the comics I was pulling, mm-hmm. so I'm probably not going to pull that stuff anymore. Justice League, I'm probably... Ooh, you're sh- starting at 19, you should pick it back up. Didn't you tell me it resets? At 19. It's well, still some of the stuff before, but they, they do a jump forward, or like they kind of start a new storyline at 19, and like, it's solid. Let's do this. Let's do a full-on comic deal next week. Okay. Because I'll be caught up. Okay. Or I'll at least... I'll thumb through and see where the stories are, and I'll I'll get caught up with you, and I'll do a full DC deal. Yeah, what'll be exciting is you know some of the stuff that's in your pull, but maybe not all of it. You may have some like some little hot comics sitting that you had no idea. Well, I know that uh, he knows to pull Batman variant stuff for me too mm-hmm. so there might like there may be some cool stuff like that in there and then i know that there's been some first appearance stuff that you've told me about yeah because like one hot book right now is Sp- uh, deadpool spider-man or spider-man deadpool 47 i think it's 47 there is a little blip of major x in there which which came out before the major x comic you mean a blip uh in the writing or a blip no, as in the like art a, like in the art there's oh, a cool. picture of him cool cool and so rob liefeld has had a giant issue with that because there's you know calling it a chump move that they would include that and have it come out before his major x would come out oh he's pissing. so he's refusing to sign any of those he's like i am not signing that comic book so if you come see me at one of these things i'm not doing it that's liefeld i told you man you said he was cool now but well, I, I, don't, I don't know if i said it was cool but he's an egomaniac yeah he's doing it but the artist came out and said hey look i didn't know this book was going to be published before major x i didn't want to do it honestly i've always loved your stuff i'm a fan of yours i did it to pay homage to one of my favorite artists who created this new character i thought it was already going to be out so i was putting it in this one just to say hey cool and rob's like bs he's chump move well you know what they'll do it won't be a first appearance they can't. I mean, like, honest to goodness, it is a little. It's a background shot. 
little tiny thing, barely looks like him. Uh, so that's a hot book right now as well. So you might have some pretty cool things in there. We'll find out next All week. Right, cool. uh, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, follow us on uh, Snapchat. Uh, not Snapchat. I don't even know what Snapchat is. It's what my daughter uses <laughs> and my wife. What is Instagram with the pictures? I've been trying to do more with that. Uh, we're on the Twitter. Uh, tell your friends about us and uh, rate us and make them listen too. Until next time.